So uh, the third and final piece of uh, Good Returns TV this time around is an, is an interview we did with Paul Moore from PM Capital. Paul was out from uh, Australia last month and he talked about his concept to investing and it's based on the movie called The Moneyball, which I hadn't seen, but it's really interesting. Paul, you're out here uh, doing a little roadshow around New Zealand and, and you're uh, basing your presentation on the Moneyball movie. Can you tell me what that's about? Yeah, I mean, Moneyball's a story of the Oakland A's and um, they were a team that went on to have the longest winning streak uh, in American League Baseball. So it's really just uh, highlighting how they went about that and the reality is they were a small ball club, they had a limited budget. So they had to think and act differently from other ball clubs. Uh, and they basically had to find the mispriced ball players, in other words, the anomalies. And that's pretty much what we do in the investment world. You know, if you want to be a successful investor, you have to be doing something that others are not. And so it's really uh, taking advantage of, of, I guess, people's focus on short term and, and other factors that produce these genuine long-term anomalies. And that's how we believe you can really add value over the longer term. And so do you think PM Capital is a little bit like the, the, the baseball team in, in terms of being uh, different? The, yeah, the analogy was really more about just highlighting that you have to think differently um, yeah, and the patience and convictions are required because prior to that 20 game winning streak, they had quite a few losses and people had given up on them. And one of the points we make in our presentation is that um, you know, the reason you need patience and conviction in this game is because if you actually go back and look at every great investment you make over time, at the time of purchase, they're always questioned and sometimes ridiculed. Um, and there's an interesting clip in the film where it basically is that point just before they start winning, where basically everyone's given up on them and there's one person in the stand hiding uh, with his sign saying, we're still proud of you. So <laughs> there, was, there was one person left and then they went on and, and became uh, the famous name. And, and, and they, I think from memory, they, won, they nearly won the league or something? They did, they didn't quite get all the way, but uh, they did create a record winning streak. Um, I think that's about like funds management, you should aim to be in that top quartile right, rather than being number one all the time, is it? True, and, and to be honest, we, it's not even a question of aiming to be in the top quartile. All we try to do is go out in there and find investments that meet our criteria. So, so how do you find, you know, in this current market, and that's a pretty interesting market at the moment with all the changes going on, what are the sorts of things you're looking for? Look, it's a little bit harder at the moment because you know, most of our investments have been made over the last seven or eight years, and they're anywhere from like halfway through their investment cycle to three quarters of their way through their investment cycle. So we're really kind of sitting on our current investments and letting them play out. And then we're looking for what we think might appear in the future. And the one thing that we need to be really conscious of in terms of looking for opportunities is the fact that I think long-term government bond rates have, have bottomed. And so over the next you know, three to five years, if there's upward pressure there, it will put uh, certain businesses uh, that have benefited from those lower rates in a, in a more difficult position. So we want to avoid those and really look for opportunities where they can grow their earnings, companies that can grow their earnings. So short term, yeah, the markets have done well. So the reality is it's more a question of, you know, let's try and work out what will occur over the next you know, 18 months, to, uh, two years, and see what sort of opportunities might be present. So do you have any you know, ideas for how you think it might pan out in the next few years? Look, I still think uh, that the markets, uh, as I said, I think it's like three quarters, somewhere in the third quarter. So I still think we have the full earnings cycle to come through. People are still underestimating the ability of the US economy to continue on and Europe is recovering a lot stronger than most people realise. Um, and I think until that earnings cycle is played out and you get 
a re-rating in those stocks that benefit from that, you're really not going to come to the end of the, of the market cycle. I know a lot of people are very nervous at the moment, but I don't think you've got that euphoria that you typically get with a top in the market. So as I say, I still think over the next 18 months, two years, we can get you know, acceptable returns. And then we're going to have to think hard because by then, you know, if the economies continue to tighten, I mean, unemployment's four and half percent in the US. Um, yeah, we might start getting a bit more entrenched inflation, and that's when you might get the interest rates starting to genuinely uh, pick up all the risk of it, and markets might adjust on the back of that. Now, and on another topic, because you know there's a there's a big um, flow of money going into passive funds at the moment. Tell me, how do you think that's going to play out for active managers? Well, it's interesting because um, passive dominates flows at the moment, and it dominates free flow, and the interesting point that no one seems to have observed or made a comment on is the fact that all that passive investment making decision in terms of the stock market it's not based on valuation yes. and that's crazy from an, you know, an investment point of view making decisions that have nothing to do with valuation and what typically happens when you get the majority of flows going to any one particular sector or asset category is that the majority of investors usually have a bad experience from it so my thought process is that passive is actually getting to sort of peak momentum. Um, and now the interesting thing is when you get that sort of domination of flows like TMT back in 2000, it actually distorts asset prices. So if you're an active, genuine long-term investor, it actually throws up or it should throw up more opportunity. Mm -hmm. But for the investment community on a whole, I don't think they realise that they're potentially heading into... Uh, a suboptimal outcome, and one, it's going to be because index returns are actually going to be quite low because the market overall is, is well valued. And if you look at it in the context of a blended portfolio and then you take away fees, etc., there's not going to be much return left yeah. uh, for the end investors. So at a time when you're getting most, or well, a maximum amount of flow into passive is at a time when their future return prospects are the most subdued. So it's, it's something to think about. Yeah, there's still a role for passive though, isn't there? There is a role. It's a funny one because um, you know, we've always said, look, if you want to be a successful investor, you have to be doing something different from others. You've got to be active. Mm -hmm. you know, so I've always argued that the best approach is a focused portfolio. Why would you want to own everything? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. You want to own the real anomalies. Now, what's happened though over time is that the industry has turned investing into a process. They've put all these restrictions around fund managers. And so a lot of fund managers are running funds that are effectively index funds in drag. So then if you're going to do that, well, it's obvious you may as well take the real thing at a lower fee. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the bottom line is that the industry has created this situation forcing people into passive, and it looks though it's a sensible operation. And, and for most people, as I say, if you just want general market exposure, take a, pa a passive fund. But if you want to get a bit better than the market uh, and you want to be a genuine investor, you've got to be active. Yeah. So you make an interesting point about how it's a process and stuff and, and, and we've got all this talk going on around you know, robo-advice and technology and stuff and that, that's going to change um, the way the funds management industry operates. What do, you, do you have a sort of a view on? Yes and no, because if you think about um, the first stage of passive was people being indexed plus or minus, mm. what I call index funds in drag. And then people realise, well, if that's what they really are, why are we paying a high fee? Uh, we'll go to passive. 
So that whole process, as I say, it's, it's made it very mechanical for a lot of the funds management industry. Well, if you make it very mechanical, you make it very easy for technology mm -hmm. to substitute you. So there's all this talk about artificial intelligence and, and robo-advice and all this sort of thing. All it is is an evolution of what the industry is already doing themselves. Um, but the more mechanical you make it, the more you're going to put yourself out of business. Mm. Whereas genuine active investors, you know, it, it, a lot of it is not just numbers, but it's insight, judgment, intuition. They're the sort of things you can't put into an algorithm or a mechanical process. So I think for us, it's not going to make any difference. But for the middle part of the industry, replace them with a computer. So do you think over time that, you know, there'll be a flow back to active managers? Yeah, uh, I think there will. Uh, personally, I believe that passive is correlated with interest rates mm -hmm. because we've had a 30-year cycle of lower interest rates and when interest rates uh, go down, all asset prices go up. Mm -hmm. But if you believe we're at an inflection point in interest rates, then the correlations are going to break down and also you're going to have much more subdued returns from passive investing. And I think what will happen is we'll get three to five years down the track and everyone will wake up to say, hang on a minute, we're not meeting our investment objectives. And then they'll start going and searching for the active managers and the trend will start to move back towards active. But as it took a long time for passive to become dominant, it'll take a long time to go back and we'll probably go full circle where everyone will start to embrace in 20 years time that you've got to be active. Yeah. That's just the way markets work. Uh, they go in cycles and we've seen that. We've both been around long enough to, yeah. to have seen that. Look, thank you very much for your time and, and I hope you enjoy your trip out here in New Zealand. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for watching Good Returns TV. Our next episode will be filmed around the National Advisors Conference in August, uh, which will be held here in Auckland, and we look forward to bringing it to you then. Enjoy.